You're listening to the Glory Girls Keeping It Real podcast, live from Nashville, Tennessee. Glory Girls Podcast. I'm your host, executive producer, Jet Perrazzo. And I'm your co-host, Donna Jett. Well, yeah, a lot's been going on. I want to apologize to our listeners. We are about three weeks late with another episode for you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But I moved and then what is it? And then one time you and I were both scheduled to do it and then we were too tired so then we told our guest Sharon, well, we're too tired. We're going to reschedule. And then Sharon, who's our Sharon Cooks and our guest tonight. I thought you is, didn't have internet. And I didn't have internet. I didn't yeah. have internet. So that was the issue because I didn't, was waiting but for But when Xfinity. you said reschedule, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So. <laughs> well, then Sharon got, Sharon got COVID. That's not good. Yeah. I so, thought that was gone. Aren't we all like three she or four times past that by now? I know, right? Come on, <laughs> you know, it's kind of silly, right? Uh, I got it twice. Um, the second time, it didn't kill me. The first time, I thought it was going to. So Sharon's going to talk to you a little bit about her struggle with COVID. She went has COVID, and it was quite an experience for her. I think um, a lot of people have had this similar um, spiritual warfare type of experience with COVID. Well, did she take the jungle juice? You're going to have to ask her if she took the jungle juice. I, so. I try. It's kind of a sensitive question, obviously. Hmm. I've actually turned down acting jobs. I, they wanted to cast me on the last season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And be a feature... Well, I turned it down because they insisted, shooting in New York, they insisted that I had my COVID vaccine. And yeah. I said, you know, I really do want to get back into acting yeah. so much, oh. but it's got to be the right project. And I'm not going to have anyone tell me 
what to shot to take. Right, when I already have the immunity to it. I've already had it twice to survive. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be said Mm -hmm. for preventative medicine and what you eat, what you put in your body. I'm a huge proponent of green vibrance and natural medicine. I know you are as well. There's Corsequin complex. That really helped me. I feel like God gave us everything we need on the planet to Mm -hmm. heal ourselves and our bodies. Yeah. The new nutrition or nutritionally or maybe even herbally, you know, I think that's something we don't even have in the medical industry. Well, actually, um, I have an appointment tomorrow with a DO, a female DO. Um, it's a doctor of osteopathy. So it's a natural, a natural medicine doctor. Okay. And so they're more prone to prescribe you a natural medicine and they also treat you body mind and spirit i like it you know so yeah. and i'm really excited i found her through vanderbilt a female doctor uh-huh. and i had one years ago and then she quit unfortunately i miss her she was great and then my primary care nurse practitioner recently quit as well okay. and i thought she was going to be taking care of me well into my 70s uh-huh. you know and so you know, that's kind of we upsetting. We have to kind of be our own advocates these days. Absolutely. Absolutely have to be you your know, own advocate. I, I feel like we can't just rely on people, even professionals, you know, anymore. Like yeah. we thought, always thought or felt like, you know, there's a lot of deception in the world. It's hard to even trust people well, have you heard? that are in the position of the of yeah the, whatever it is that you're needing help with like well, the mechanic right <laughs> well yeah have you heard the gaslighting that's been going on with the physicians i actually was reading about it in forbes magazine what is it i guess it's about um how people were rating their doctors and who's rating the doctors the people like us the patients rating their doctors and there was a large amount of people saying they felt gaslit by their own doctor. And then they were misdiagnosed because the doctor wasn't actually really listening to the patient and really getting down to the bottom of what the problem was that turned out to be a serious problem. Like doctors that have missed cancer diagnosis. I've heard a lot like of stuff like that, actually, where the doctors aren't even really looking into and di- properly di- Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. They're not properly diagnosing people yeah and they're you know not you're right they're not listening to their patients they're not properly diagnosing them and then an injury falls upon them because well i think more doctors need to be like you ever watch house remember that show house and it was about that doctor who was really more like a detective oh, and a house. surgeon. That's right. Okay. Remember? Yes, I, remember I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful? That's good. That was good. I know, right? Wouldn't it be wonderful yeah. if we all had a doctor like Dr. House that was yeah. just like, even though if he's had a little bit of a, a, a crotchety bedside manner, he was really about getting to the root of the problem. Well, it's just because, you know, everybody's bought out. You know, so the the medical industry is a fraud now. It's funny because you hear the word quack, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, quack, you know that it, it's an old term. 
Yeah. But I feel like it's more, it means more now than ever. Well, know? I mean, look what happened to all the doctors that spoke up against COVID. And then they actually got fired, fired, or even some were murdered or had death threats against them. You're right. A lot of them died. A lot of people. Millions of people have died because of a man made virus that was made to kill us all. Anyways. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people died, and a lot of people have died not even from COVID, like just weird circumstances. Well, and then COVID also created like long COVID. Like I have long COVID. I got diabetes from COVID. And a lot of people have long COVID. But, you know, we talked about this over the phone recently. And I didn't, or was I talking to Sharon? I can't remember. I said, China really just wants our land. They want our resources and they don't care about how they're going to get it. You know? Absolutely. Well, we're in their pocket right now. I mean, well, our president is. Yeah. Our pay, our puppet president, as they like to call <laughs> I think I'm that, a I can't even walk. I can't even talk. Hold my wife's hand down the walkway because I'll fall over. <laughs> Remember the Muppets? Remember the Muppets? Remember growing up course, and watching the Muppets? Yeah. They had the, the sh- No, the chef. The Muppet oh, chef. Okay, yep, 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 yep. It's and almost it was, like messing with the spaghetti everywhere. And he's like, dun, 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 dun. that's Joe Biden. <laughs> well, you know what bugs me? Okay, I'm off on a tangent here, but they keep <laughs> calling Hunter Biden's little girls prostitutes. And I'm sorry, they are sex trafficked working little girls right there in front of him. Those They're are victims. not prostitutes. Those are not prostitutes. It really bothers me every time they keep calling them prostitutes because they're like, one of those little girls looks like she's my son's age. She's probably seven or eight. And how are you going to call that little girl a prostitute? It makes me so mad. It's just like like when they say that they had underage sex with underage girls. No, they raped underage girls. Call it what it is. Stop sugarcoating shit. So, I mean, when I was uh, underage, I had sex, you know, with boyfriends that were not. And I think it's different when you're sex trafficked. It's kind of really different. I don't know. You know, I think I was almost sex trafficked when I was 18. It's, I think it's very. Yeah. Possible to happen to people young women that are mm-hmm. so vulnerable and there's a lot of young vulnerable women yeah with daddy moms, issues you know yeah. even moms mm-hmm. like these i've actually i know how pimps work you know been around them yeah they try to make you feel special take you shopping pay your rent you know and uh yeah yeah you know and next thing you know you're their property <laughs> Yeah, um, that that anytime that something you ever you have to listen to your gut feeling when you have that urge when you first meet someone to run, chances are, if you don't run in the beginning, you're going to be running sometime for your life, possibly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
Women are not I possessions. Agree. The Bible yeah. tells us stand firm, you know, and kind of a lot of people in the country are running right now. You know, they're leaving California. A lot and of droves. people. Moving I to Tennessee. I did that too, you know, and am I allowed to say other people's, uh, other people on here that are not on our podcast? I don't know if you've heard of her. Mention what you will. Peggy Hall. Have you heard of her? No. Yeah, she's a freedom fighter. Okay. The the healthy American. Anyways, she's amazing. I love her. But, you know, she's like, yeah, everybody's running away from California, but that's not really how you fight a problem. You know, it's just going to get bigger. Mm -hmm. Wherever you go, it's going to follow you, right? Well, also, you have to understand, too, the Democratic Party is encouraging people um, fellow Democrats and far left wingers to move into states like Tennessee that are very red and to try to take over and to try to shake things up and change things. So, so do why don't we do the same thing with California and all those liberal states? That makes me kind of wonder because everybody sort of left the city. I've been there the last few months and it's vacant. There's nobody even really there. In and LA? you know, in no, Sacramento. Like in San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And get this. So like now all of a sudden all the military is getting moved into, you know, I was like, hey, how convenient, you know, like they have this, this huge, you know, city. They can all just move right into. Nobody's even there. Yeah. Didn't that work out? Oh, I don't know. goodness. I don't know. I, I can just. I have some forethought sometimes. I'm like, where did that come from? But I don't know. That's just, there's just this city just sitting there vacant. Well, in San Francisco, I heard it's turned into really like Chicago mm-hmm. and a uh, huge homeless problem that's never, they've never seen shooting? before. Yeah. And also the, um, the, uh, the uh, founder of Cash App was murdered. That's right. I was just watching that about him. And they have this thing they were talking about the lifestyle. Mm. Have you heard about it? No, I haven't said anything follow up since I've heard about that a few weeks back. So they were like, oh, well, he's in the lifestyle, the lifestyle. They just kept talking about that. They mean like a party lifestyle or a. I think it was a swinger thing. Swinger lifestyle. It was kind of what I was what my i kind of gathered from it they were saying she, like his wife had she, someone murder him no i don't think so like he was with a girl he the, a married lady actually okay. so that was part of their lifestyle or whatever they had Drugs an open relationship or something i think they were all just you know polyamorous as they like to say basically you know it's like back to the 60s love <laughs> Love. Why, why that's not even a commitment that's like a false commitment that's like that's like it's like i'm yourself. gonna love you for now uh-huh. <laughs> and then i'm gonna love you for a little while yeah and then i'm gonna love you over there and maybe i'll love them some more i don't I, whenever i feel like it <laughs> yeah whenever yeah. whatever yeah that's I, no you're just commitment. mr right now <laughs> yeah yeah why don't they call it like it is a polyamorous polyamorous kind of suggests some kind of monogamy in a way you know to a limit to a certain point and it's like my ex he was like um oh i'm gonna have an open relationship 
And, you know, and then it really kind of messed me up because he was always sleeping around. And um, I remember talking to someone later on, much later on after I wasn't with my ex anymore. And I said, yeah, these open relationships are, you know, are horrible. People get hurt, you know? Yeah. And he goes, well, he really wasn't, that's not him really in a relationship with you. If he, because if you love somebody and you bring on a, another party, you make sure the one that you're with is in agreement, right? Like it's, it's something that you guys choose together, right? Otherwise you're cheating. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, like if it's like, okay, I'm going to respect the relationship I'm in and then just move forward. Right. As opposed right. to, yeah, well, you know, get some over here, <laughs> get some over there. And kind of is a segue into to what we're our main topic is for the show today, which oh, is marriage. Yes. And how how do we know that God has called us to the vocation of marriage? And how do we know that we have met our divine match? And well, Donna has a big announcement, everybody. I am so excited. I I am I supposed to <laughs> oh well, I got engaged. Okay, show us the oh no I don't have it I just turned it in today to get it sized oh you sure you didn't turn it in to get it appraised no yeah that too (laughs) always get your ring appraised girls well I asked him I said do you have insurance he said oh it doesn't matter that much and I said well oh I'm gonna get some for it then yeah yeah he wasn't too worried about it but I thought oh that's Oh, I need to get it. Insured. So did you have to have a sized up or sized down? So it was a seven and I needed about, so she said I could go six and a half and I tried on the sizer and it, it was snug, but she said maybe go 6.75. Yeah. And then if we don't like it, we'll have it resized again, but. Yeah, because you never know too. Like sometimes you're bloated. Sometimes that's what she asked me. Hot in the summer. She said, "Well, what are your hands doing right now?" I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" (laughs) And she's like, "Well, are they swollen or?" I was like, "I think they're normal, but they've um they they go down because like one minute they'll be fitting and then the next minute they're kind of slipping a little bit and I'm like." Yeah, that's way too easily over that knuckle, like when I'm cleaning and stuff. Yeah. I notice it, so. Well, um, why don't you describe the ring for our listeners oh, as best you can, uh, you paint know, a picture. If you want, I can send you, uh, did you see it on my Facebook? I did, but our listeners that can't see it right now, you but are listening to the podcast. You can blast it into the. Uh, not in a, not an audio, silly woman. No. Oh, okay. Paint a picture for them as they, they can't okay, see it themselves. So I will tell you, I said to him, it has to be at least two carat. And he said, no problem. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and my <laughs> friend, Bob, he's like, you should have said three. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think I told you to say at least three. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, so it's a beautiful oval. And then it has a bunch of little diamonds on the outside. And then it just has a, a bunch of little diamonds around the band. It's gorgeous, you guys. I mean, that shit like blinded me when she showed me. I was like, damn. It's very 
Beautiful. He did a yes. really good job. He knew what I wanted because we went and shopped together. And well, and it suits really- your hand. It looks nice on your hand. Thank you. And that's important. Yeah. Thank you. I just, the only thing I think if I could, I would do different is maybe next time, because that one's platinum. And maybe next time I would put rose gold on it too. You can always have the jeweler add rose gold to it. I can. Yeah. You could take a ring that's already been made and have it customized. You know what you could do is what my mother did is for her wedding band. Uh She had it sit in. They make these wedding bands that the Uh engagement ring sits in between. And you can have your, your wedding band that it sits in between rose gold. And there's actually a place in Reno that does that. You'll have to send me some pictures. I will. Yeah. Visualizing. It's it. basically it sits in a seat, basically. Okay. Okay. And the the engagement ring sits between this this it's two bands. Uh huh. Right here and right here, and then yeah. it's fused together underneath. Okay. And then the engagement ring just sits between there. Okay. Those. So you, know. you don't actually have to slip it on your finger. It just kind of pops in somehow. It kind of pops in, and you put it all on at once. Oh, okay. It kind gotcha, of like gotcha. makes them okay. all in one piece. Uh, okay, I understand. You could yeah. even go to the extreme to have them, you know, um, solder together so it's all one yes. ring. Yep. My mom had a kind of traditional ring like that, where it was like two rings. Uh-huh. The last one was the engagement. engagement. Yeah. No, the wedding. Close the wedding ring is close to your heart. The engagement's the big one, and yeah. the wedding is the small. It's just yeah. the, kind of the little tiny one that goes on at the wedding, right? So Donna, I don't have that. I have just one ring. So I mean, well, I you know. haven't got your wedding ring yet. The wedding ring is what you can fuse together with the engagement ring. Oh. You got, You still have. So you that's my more. engagement ring. Yes, your beautiful oh, engagement. Okay. So let me to ask you, Donna. How did you know? Because you you've never been married before, right? Never been married, and, and I. How did you I've know? Been asked to be married. Jules, why Jules? Of all the people, so of all the Jules, men in the world. Okay, so. What makes him special? Jules, what makes Jules special? So Jules was he actually was um, the pursuer. And I really liked that. I liked that he he was the he's the kind of guy that knows what he wants. He goes mm-hmm. after it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't waste any time. Mm-hmm. He's serious. He's not a joker, mm-hmm. you know. And he pretty much laid it out to me like, yeah, I think you're great, you know. And yeah, I really want to. I, I want to make you my girlfriend, like. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know, give it a try, you know, <laughs> but um, I, so I liked that. I liked that he was professional that he had a really great career and that he, um, he's very family oriented mm-hmm. and that he was a Christian. Cause he was like, how come you're single? You know? And I mm-hmm. was like, well, I'm single because I'm ha- I'm very picky and, you know, I want a man that loves the Lord and it's almost impossible to find, it feels like sometimes. So, know? yeah, tell me about you guys praying together. So here's the thing, like he, he was like, I prayed a week before I met you. I asked God to bring me a wife. And I was like, wow, you know, I said, 
me and my son have been praying for years <laughs> to, for, for a good man, you know, right. and husband. Right. And I said, you, you're lucky. <laughs> God answered your prayers like in a week, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we both felt like, it, you know, we were uh, answered prayers. But um, I, I looked when I, when I stalked his Facebook. I noticed that we really, it was almost like kind of looking in the mirror. I, mm. I thought, boy, this guy's almost like, like, I felt like, wow, he's just like me. We have so much in common. He was in Hawaii the same exact time I was in Hawaii, you know, and then he's Interesting. like, yeah, yeah. And then he was on a different island, okay. you know? And then he was like, he had pictures of him, like really nice hotels and places he was going and staying. It seemed like he was traveling all the time and going places and doing fun things, like super adventurous. I've never really met a guy that I thought was more, well, I'm pretty adventurous, put it that way. And yeah. I just don't really, you know, I'm, you know, a lot of guys are pretty boring, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I get bored with them, you know, because they're not really ADD like me or whatever. So, you know, and uh, he was so adventurous. I thought, boy, this guy could keep me busy, you know, and keep your interest. You know, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could yeah. do a lot of fun stuff together and right? enjoy life a little, you know, like that's what life is supposed to be about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, why don't we um, introduce our guest for this show? We've kept her long enough. She's been waiting in the waiting room all this time. Oh, my goodness. Miss Sharon Cookson has been married for 58 years. She's a professional songwriter. She lived and worked in Nashville, Tennessee until she was legally blind and had to move in with her mother in New Mexico. Later on, she reunited with her husband and she moved to Atlanta, Georgia. She is a phenomenal songwriter. And I'm actually recording three of her songs for my upcoming album, Two Sides to Every Story. Donna, you've listened to Sharon's music that she sent, you've read her bio. What are, what are you thinking? Yeah, she sounds really great. Um, Is there anything you want to ask Sharon? Any Anything first comes to mind? Well, I, I can only imagine facing such a, um, such a difficult life circumstance and um, I'm curious. She is Christian, correct? She is practicing Catholic. Yes, she's Christian. And um, was she always Christian or did the blindness uh, affect her uh, as far as her faith, I guess? I think that's a good question. So why don't we just, um, I'm just going to click the button. Hold on tight. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Miss Sharon Cookson. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the Board Hi. Girls Podcast. Hi. I'm so excited. Hi, Donna. Hi. You're Donna, I hope. I am. <laughs> nice to meet you. 
Nice to meet you, too. I've heard a lot about you. Oh, thank you. Good. All good. Oh, <laughs> Jeanette is this the most beautiful thing ever. She is just the sweetest. She has nothing bad to say ever, I feel like. I'm learning. I'm learning that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be like Jesus. That's it. What would Jesus Amen. do? Yeah. Well, he had his moments. Yes, yeah. he did. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. He did indeed. Yes. I think he continues to, the spirit carries on through all of us. So yes. Sharon, uh, Donna had some uh, question for you. She wanted to write on the back. She does. She's going okay. to take the lead on this interview today, actually. Donna, well, throw I was to you. just curious about you. Your, you. What age were you when you became blind? 44. And did it ever go away? No. Never did. No. Did they figure out what what it was? There are several causes. Uh huh. The main cause is a disease called pan uveitis, oh. and that's where it started. Okay. W what was it caused from? They don't know. Uh huh. Oh, I'm so sorry. And so, how did that not break you? <laughs> Maybe it did for a while. Um, it, for a while it was hard um, because I, I just thought it could be fixed. Yeah. So, you know, this is a problem. This is the 90s. Just fix it. But um, it turned out that, it, I mean, it just couldn't get fixed. So it is what it is. And it's a long story. And um, not on this topic tonight, but it actually turned out to be a blessing um, instead of, of a curse. It turned out to be a blessing well, for do me. Do tell. Do tell about this. It's a long, long story. It, 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 it has to do with uh, my move to Nashville and, you know, what was going on in my life at that time. Uh -huh. um, and um, I, I, to be blunt, I wasn't living a very good life while I was there, and uh, I think God realized that I was headed down a, a bad place. Hey, and you say not a good life, you mean you were in a lot of sin? Well, I don't, uh, it depends, uh, you know, sin for me is relative. Yeah. Um, when you say not a good life? Uh, well, I was drinking a lot, partying a lot, okay. Um, okay. doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, just, just not being, doing what I should, living the way I should. I, I couldn't find a job. I was broke. I was losing everything. It was not a good time in my life, but I didn't want to leave it. I wouldn't have left. I would yeah, not have left. In your 40s, correct? In your 40s yes. when this happened to you? Yes. Sharon, how old were you when you moved to Nashville? 41. Okay. And then uh, when you left? 44. 44, okay. So three yeah. years of being in Nashville. I wonder um, if stress had anything to do with that. Because don't you think the body is like psychosomatic in some ways? That the reactions, our bodies can have physical reactions to stress. You mean my eyes? No. Uh, 
No, you think that was okay. So that was God pulling you I, out I of do, a bad situation. I do believe that. I don't know if anyone else believes it, but I do believe that. Yes, I, I believed he knew it was the only way he could save me was to l remove me from there. And then he puts me only 240 miles away from it. So here I am. It's like a safe distance, like a buffer in a way. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's, it's hard to understand his reasoning until sometimes toward way down the line, you know, and then we can look back and go, I understand why this all happened. So what was, when did that happen for you when you was were able to look back and go, oh, now I see why, how he's working in my life. Oh, that took a while. <laughs> it took a while I did, because I didn't want to let go. Uh, uh, of, um, it, it, it was uh, as if I were failing. You know, it was an extreme failure to me to have to leave. I left, I think I told you this, I left Nashville with everything I owned in a cardboard box on a Greyhound bus. I had lost everything. And now everything. flash forward to now, how many years later, in the last decade, you said you started to have some real success in your songwriting. Yes. More, more in the last 10 years than I have in, in the whole 35 years I have been writing. And how, Donna, maybe you want to ask her about her marriage because there was a separation there. Oh, yes. Oh, was that um, due to the, the music industry or? It was, uh, well... That, you know, a lot of things happened, and we we actually have been together since we were 18 years old. That's when we met, and we've had some ups and downs. Going to Nashville was something he did not want to do, so I went anyway, and that you know uh, that was just the way that worked out. But we were always we were always together, even though we were apart. If you can understand that. It, it was um, something that you wouldn't be able to get away from, no matter what you did, because I think we were always meant to be together, and that was going to be ultimate no matter what. And then uh, our grandchild being born brought us back together, and now we're working on 35 years plus. So but to in total, 58 years we're going on. Okay, so 58 years total, but um, 35 continuous now. Continuous, yeah. 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 Well, he's definitely, um, I've had the pleasure of meeting you and meeting your husband. It's been about six weeks ago or so when you were in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Back in April and um, actually about, it's been two, about two months now, actually, hasn't it been? And, you know. It has. He's, he's really your, he's helps you, you know, in ways that he's your eyes in many ways. And, you know, and I just got this a feeling from you guys that you guys are just best friends. Which I we think are. It has to be a foundation of any romantic relationship, especially marriage. You need to have a foundation of friendship. We do, we have that. He is actually my best friend. 
I, I mean, I have had, I have a best girlfriend and everyone does. I have those friends and I have girlfriends and, and I have a best friend I've had for over 35 years, but he, he is my best friend. And, and that, that's a very important part of being married and staying married and staying together and keeping together and holding on even when the world or the universe is trying to tell you no. So that that's a part of it. That's a huge part of it, actually. I don't know if you would have one good or a list of a few, but what would you say some of your secrets would be to extend the testament of time? You have to learn to let go of a lot of things. You have to learn to give in a lot of times you have to learn to understand that you are no longer one person existing in a in a space you are a part of two two people that are coming together as one and that's not just for the woman i'm not saying don't call me and say you know i'm a woman no 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 that has to happen on both sides the man has to give absolutely every bit as much as the woman. I think maybe a lot of marriages, unions, whatever, whatever you care to call them, I think they don't realize that. Someone says, you know, I, you, you've got to give, and I'll just stand here and, and watch you. That it, that's not going to work. Doesn't work. So this, I think, that, and patience. And just, you know, sometimes angry words are said. You have to let go. You have to let, be able to let go. Sounds like forgiveness is like a big part. Important. Yeah. Not holding the resentment and maybe fighting fair. <laughs> if there's such a thing. We don't fight. You no. Don't fight. No, we don't fight. I... I I can't remember the last time we had a fight. We just, I get mad and he gets mad. <laughs> but we don't fight. And we're very good. I think another thing, you have to give your person, whoever, your, their space. Yeah. yeah. That you do. And he is very good at letting me have my space, my place to go. And he has his. And I let him have his. So after, through the years, years and years and years, we've learned to allow each other that that feeling of of not, not being alone so much as being able to go off in your own space and be by yourself for a while. Yeah. Do you so, have any wedding pictures you can share with us? Is it, it looks like there might be a picture behind you, or is there any pictures your husband, um, even not just right now, but if he, you know, before the show is over? if we could get him to, to show our viewers, because we're probably going to post this as well on YouTube. So um, if you have any pictures you'd like to share with our viewers. I have, I have, we have pictures, but they are in a box. They are in a box packed away and it would be impossible for me to get them this evening and that picture you're looking at that's my first communion picture oh when i took my first communion that i had my mom took me and had she worked on an air base and uh they had a photo studio and she took me and had that picture taken 
So I have a, a question for you, and I think Donna will have a follow-up for this one, because I know it's usually sometimes I'll say something that sparks Donna too. <laughs> the person that you are now, if you could talk to you on your wedding day, what if I, what would you say? Run. <laughs> Why? And, and it's just, you know, it's all when you're young and we were very young. We were 19 when we got married. So there are so many things that you don't understand. As I was saying, the sharing, the giving, the letting go, the fighting, the no resentment, the, the things and having children uh, totally disrupts the way you live your life. It's, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress from the day you say, I do until the day you are no longer, till the day you die, if you will. It's a work in progress. It nev you never stop having to work at it, never. You always have to work at it. You always have to be aware that, that any, at any time, any minute, something could spark or take and it would be so easy to walk away and you can't do that. So, so you have, well you can, but you have to kind of stop and say, Okay, is this really how I want this to go? And and again, you just work at it and you let go. So so at at nineteen, young, thinking it was all love and roses and daisies and going to bed and having sex and children and babies and you know it's much more than that. It's much more than that. I mean, it's all fun and it's wonderful and it's a, a great feeling those first few years. But then as you grow, the way you live grows, the way you think grows, the way you want to uh, do things growing, grow, and you have to grow together. So I would say run as fast as you can. <laughs> run. Well, or my question is, if you're going to run, when would you stop running if you could tell yourself run, but you can stop running and marry him at what age? Uh, um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I don't think there is an age when you, as you said, when we, we were very, very young, but I think at any age when, and I think as you get older, as a person gets older, you become set in your ways and you become more of who you are, who you are and who you are. You're not going to be, you are who you are. Do you understand? So when you're 19, you don't know who you are. You're young, you're in love. The world's wonderful, but when you're 35 and you're getting ready to get married, you are pretty much who you are going to be. So to have to meet another person, let's say, who's 35 or a little older, and then to have he, who's already set in his ways, and then to come together and try and make one life, that's tough. That's tough. So I don't know if there is a good time. I, I don't know if I had advice to give to a young person right now, I would say, just, just think about what you're doing. Think, try to get out of the moment and think about what's going to happen 10 years down the road. If you can, it's, it, it's, it wouldn't be an easy thing to do, but that's what I would say is just, if you only knew what you were getting into because you don't realize that sounds like an idea for a song, if you only knew what you were getting into. If you only knew. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but that's what I would. Yeah. You know, kind of, Donna and I 
we're really interested in this podcast that we listened to before we started our podcast, but it was after the idea of the podcast was born. And it was about the dwindling marriage numbers and the dwindling birth rate, you know? Um, what do you think about that? Both of you, Donna and Sharon, what's your opinion on that? Sharon? I think in this day and age where women have been raised to believe that they can have it all, and when they have gone to school, got their careers, uh, find themselves at the age of 35 or 40 wanting to start a family and or wanting to start a marriage, I, I think when they realize that it, it, you can't have it all. There are very few men or women, if you will, that, that can have it all. I think a lot of it has to do with, with the way women think about the, that they're equal to men. They aren't. I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me out there. But they aren't equal in so many senses. And I think the fact that men are afraid of of a strong woman they're they don't know how to act they don't know what to do they don't know what to say it, you know it, everything has become so politically correct in so many levels that i think they're afraid to come together and they don't have to so why would they i mean they don't have to get married yeah because women are independent we make our own money we don't need a man to support us anymore and we're no longer property and haven't been for about 100 years Exactly. Exactly. So I think that has a lot to do with it. As far as children go, I just, uh, again, I, I just think women have been sold a bill of goods. You know, there's a reason why your eggs are finite. There's a reason why you have your children when you're young. There's a reason why God gave us that uh, metabolism, if you will. There's a reason that happens. There's a reason why you shouldn't be having your children in your 40s and your 50s. Your eggs are old. There's, I, I believe there's more uh, cases of deformities, more cases of autism, more cases of Down syndrome, because women are having babies in, in, in their 30s and 40s and thinking that, you know, that's okay. And okay, you know what? That's okay. But there's a reason why things happen, and I think, that the first thing is they're scared. I think that women and men are scared to get married and women are strong and they are like you, they're independent. I don't need you. Why, you know, why should I get married and give half of what I have to you when I can have all of it? Mm -hmm. Especially now when men are actually getting, you know, uh, spousal support after divorce from the woman who made more money than them. It's like, what? And also having, even though they have 50-50 custody, the woman having to pay the man child support. It's like, what? Exactly. Things have, <laughs> things have changed so much from the time when Don and I first got married. And not only the way things happened, but the way marriage was perceived 
and the way a woman was perceived and the way family was perceived. There was never any 50-50 custody. The woman got custody and the guy got to see him maybe if he was lucky. That's the way it happened. He paid child support. He did because most women stayed home. They didn't work. They stayed home. They took care of their homes. They took care of their babies. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with not getting married. There's nothing wrong with not having children. It's just that our perceptions have changed over the years. And the way things are done now is so, so different. I don't know if it's better or worse. I don't know. I know I'm happy and where I am. But it hasn't always been easy. It's been, we've had our ups and downs and our struggles and our separations. And you, but you learn and you grow and you learn and you grow. And I think that's easier to do when you, when two people are together at a young age. I don't know. Was that separation in Nashville? Was that? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to go. And uh, I did. You said that, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, that's that shows something that you have the uh, <laughs> what's the word, moxie. You're like, I don't, know. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what to tell you, honey. <laughs> but I'm on my way. Yes, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I would do it again. If oh, really? You think you would have listened to him if he was leaning into you like that? I had so many other things going for me um, that I walked away from that I probably, looking back, might not have walked away from had I known what was going to happen. But again, you don't know what's going to happen. You take your shot, and you know, for me, it was not a good thing. It didn't work out for me. So this provided you with uh, many opportunities to write some really great songs, though, Sharon. Yes. Yeah, I would say it didn't work out for you. I would say that you had a different idea of what God had for you. (laughs) Uh, Indeed, I did. (laughs) It didn't didn't happen when you were young like you wished it would happen. But it's happening now. You're still alive to enjoy it. So you and I talked about that on the phone. Tell us a little more about that. About what? Which, which? About you being able to enjoy... Um, almost like a late bloom with your songwriting. Exactly. Um, it, it is, it, it's really, um, become, it's become fun for me. I'll tell you what, and I don't know if I, I don't remember if I told you this on the phone, but I think what happened for me after Nashville and after Don and I got back together, what I started doing was writing songs for me. I started writing what I wanted to hear, what I wanted to listen to, and stopped writing for what I thought somebody else wanted. See, all those years, we tried to write for the radio. We tried to write for the crossover. We tried to write for, you know, who was airplay and that, and I stopped doing that. So when I write a song now, I write a song that I like. You found your voice. Your, your I found my voice, yes. yes. And that's what that. makes your song so good. Yeah. Sharon, um, or Donna, the songs that Sharon sent over, out of those songs, what did you like the most? What was your favorite? Well, I wanted to ask you more about how you were writing. Like, how did you start writing? Like, how did you get into writing? 
I wanted to learn to play the guitar. So I got myself a little songbook and I started playing and learning a few little chords. And um, I, to, I always told people I got tired of playing row, row, row your boat. So I decided to start writing my own stuff and it went from there. And I met uh, a gentleman, uh, went to a seminar. My sister-in-law got it for my birthday. That was given by a gentleman named Buddy Kay, who was big time songwriter. Academy Award, um, Emmy Award winning, Tony winning, big, big time songwriter. And I got to study with him for two years wow. and learned learned about my craft and learned about songwriting and learned about the business and learned, you know, how to grow in, in my writing as the years have come. And I find what I write today, the, the things that he taught me in when I first started writing are still hold true today so when i write a song today it's i still try to write a song that will play as well 25 years from now as it plays right now today and we have a song i have a song on youtube it's called if leaving makes you happy it was written by a gentleman named uh it was sing sing it's sung by a gentleman named w allen hall we wrote it 30 years ago and he recorded it, and it still plays today as one of the most beautiful songs we've ever written. So that's my goal as a writer, as a songwriter, is to do that. And I did that. So, you know, I, in a way, I've kind of achieved my goals, and now I, I just get to play. So tell us about Walking in My Blues and the writing process for that song. I was writing in the car. We were going somewhere, and I had uh, Willie's Roadhouse on the radio, and Patsy Cline was singing a song about, uh, those shoes don't fit me anymore. And I thought, oh, what a cool idea. Uh, but I wonder what it'd feel like if he was walking in their blues. And I got the idea, and that's, I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and when I got home, I wrote the song. And uh, it was picked up by a producer for Dolly Parton, and they held it for almost six months, but it never did get cut. But but I like, that was that was a big deal for me, to get a song picked up by her. Say Dolly's listening right now. What do you want to say to Dolly? Give it Dolly cut my freaking song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dolly, please cut her freaking song. <laughs> Dolly, we love you, Dolly. We love you, Dolly. Yes, we love you, Dolly. Uh, forever reigning queen of country music in my eyes. Yeah. Mad respect for Dolly Parton. She yes. How, how long did it take you to write that song? Not very long. It, it actually, uh, I'll probably, usually, I usually work on a song for, sometimes I'll carry it in my head for months, uh -huh. and then it just comes out and I'll write it in five minutes, but usually it takes takes a couple of weeks to get a song where I want it. And then when I send it for a demo, I have it come back to me with music so I can listen to it and so I can change what I want to change before it goes in, before I spend $500 on it, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. It took me probably a, a couple of weeks to write it. And you put the words to it at first or the music? No, I always start with a title. With the words? With the title, yeah. I start with the title and then the words and then sometimes the music comes to me and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah.
Um, so one more song to share with our listeners. Uh, what would it, what would you like it to be? Walking, or say, I can still smell the smoke or cowboy dancing. I can still smell the smoke. Okay. Tell us about, tell us about the process of writing. I can still smell the smoke. I don't know where I got the idea. I just got this idea of watching TV or some, probably Yellowstone or something like that. And I said something and something was burning on the show on fire. And the, I think there was a fireman. It might've been Chicago fire. And some said, um, you know, the fire's out. And he said, but I can still smell the smoke. And I thought, oh my God, that's a great idea. Well, I had the idea and I was in Nashville and I went to Dave studio with Dave and I Dave was Smith. De- Dave Smith. And I was demoing a song and he, we were talking about his guitars because he has about 20 guitars and he pulled down this one guitar that sounds like a dobro and he started playing it. I went, Oh my God, I have a title that's perfect for that song for that guitar. And I I had a totally different idea in my head until I heard that guitar. Mm -hmm. And so I went home and I wrote the song probably in three days and sent it to him, sent it to him. And he did the melody and, and produced it. And, and, uh, it actually got picked up for Yellowstone. So for those who don't know Dave Smith, uh, or Donna doesn't know who Dave Smith is. Can you educate them on his, he is a he's a musician, a songwriter. Um, he's does studio work. He produces. Um, he's just a really good guy. And again, we're talking about God and blessings. Uh, when he came to me, it, it was a blessing. He was sent to me at a time when people were telling me that uh, my songs would never do anything and go anywhere. And, and uh, along came Dave, Dave Smith into my life, and we started writing together. And so he's he's just an extraordinary guy. He's uh, right now working with Lee Greenwood. He has worked uh, with, uh, at the Grand Old Opry, he's done that. He's worked with uh, Toby Keith. Um, he's well-known, well-respected, very talented guy, very talented guy. So um, I'm, I'm indeed blessed to have him in my life. Karen, when you first picked up a guitar, how old were you? 32. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I totally envisioned you were like 16 or something. Oh, I wish. <laughs> ah, cool. Yeah, I was about 32 years old. Cheers to the late bloomers. Yes, amen. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donna's learning how to be a journalist, and she's like almost 50. So, yeah, you know. I Good for you. So, okay, so one time when I was... 30 I bought a Hummer and I was like how old is a good age to buy your dream car and I was like when you can afford it (laughs) there you go when you want it when you can right when you can yeah when you can (laughs) that's right well good for you you still have a Hummer no I don't drive that anymore (laughs) yes I drive a Tesla now (laughs) awesome I went with the E the, you know, the, the power, the e-power, so, yeah, it's fun. Well, Donna, Good for you. Uh, ask um, our special guest about her faith and 
we'll kind of close it out with that and I'll have asked Donna to lead the prayer today. Yeah. About my faith? Yeah, tell us about your faith. I don't know what to tell. I've, I've known God all my life. I knew him before I was born. It's kind of like what he told Jacob. I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. I've known there was a God always. I, I, I didn't know who he was or why he was, what he did or why he did it. I didn't care. Yeah. I, I just knew he was. And, and uh, as it says in the Bible, I am, tell them that I am sent to you. I, and I've always known that. Never, I've always known it. You've never wavered. No. Your faith. No. That's wonderful. Never. Almost like your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a little bit different. I, I really do believe that um, my life has been surrounded by angels uh, since I was born. I do. So, I, like, as I said, I've, I've never not believed there was a God. I've been mad at him a few times. Sure. You know, I, 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 I've been mad at him a few times. Yep, I definitely have, as he probably has me. And uh, But my faith has never wavered. I've never not believed there was a God, never. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's time to wrap up the show, and okay. we have a tradition of ending the show with a prayer. Amen. And um, usually I lead the prayer, but this time, you know, I wanted Donna to take the reins on the show and, okay. right. and participate a little more. And it's it's go time. Oh, there's the baby. Wait, we didn't Give see him again. The there's, the, there's the baby. Aww. Aww. And he just turned seven. Aww. Fine, but she can hear you if you say hi. Hi. Yeah, did you hear her say hi? Yeah. Emmanuel, can you say hi? My little, say hi again. Hi. You know. Hi, me? Emmanuel. She says hi, Emmanuel. I can hear from. You. Oh, you can. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I Thank, can hear her. <laughs> thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. But I can hear. Her. Uh, we're yeah. gonna ask Emmanuel to stay and pray with us. Emmanuel, yeah, you wanna, wanna stay, stay and pray with us? Minute? We're gonna say a prayer. All right, we're ready. Okay, stay here. Father God, we're just so grateful and thankful for all you do for us. We know that you are always working, working, and that, you know, we're, we put our faith into you, Lord, and we're grateful that we have the Son's um, blood washed over us, and um, we're just so grateful that Sharon came here this evening and that we can share our stories and our love for music. And just the excitement that we can share and joy we can bring to each other's lives in just short bursts of time. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father, Amen. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth and is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, Lord, from every evil. Amen. Amen. God bless you, ladies. Um, God bless you too. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I'm so I, I hope I I hope I did well for you guys. You We're, look beautiful, Sharon. Yeah. Yes. I hope so. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. I'm beaming. If you can see Good. I'm beaming. Yeah. I think that's okay. just beaming. She's Thank very you happy. So much. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it air, and I've told, I've told everyone, uh, you know, about it. I've posted it several times. 
Okay, so, well, this wonderful. Sunday, this coming Sunday is 7 p.m. Central. Okay. Um, we'll, I'll drop the new podcast. I have to work quite a lot this week, so I got, I'm the only one that edits it and everything. But okay. my computer is getting really hot to the touch, you guys, so I think I've kind of yeah. overworked it a little bit. Oh. So I'm going right. to end it, Donna. If you want to call me, you can call me. i got to go pick up my hot chicken downstairs. Donna? I All right. Nice to meet you, Donna. Thank you, Sharon. You're welcome, and God bless you. Yes. God bless you both. God bless okay. You. Okay. All right, I'm out of here, guys. All right, ciao. <laughs> ciao. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. to my heart.